0: Hey, it's Greg. Thanks for checking out the Toronto Today podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Well, we'll talk to Marcy Ian, Liberal MP, about inflation, about Pearson Airport, about kind of where we're going this summer in terms of an economy. It's a major, major issue. The inflation data is even worse, as in a higher number, than anyone ended up expecting it to be. We'll talk about movie tickets as well for Cineplex. Slight service charge? a little bit more, and you think, okay, I'm not going to go to one fewer movie because they're charging me a $1.50 a ticket to book online. But it adds up to a larger picture when we think about fees and hidden numbers and whatnot. you got a lot of streaming services, and you probably don't even look, I don't, at all the service charges and uh, carrier fees and delivery fees there ends up being. It's all coming up on Toronto Today, which begins now. we got a lot to do uh, this morning. I also am excited because I want to take... Uh, text this morning and have you dictate the playlist of the bumper music tomorrow based on kind of your grade eight year. My kid uh, tomorrow will uh, graduate from grade eight. That's the, I think he needs a really good day today to be honest. I think he needs a really good day in the classroom. I think he's kind of on that waterline to get through. So um, work hard today, uh, young fella. And, uh, but I'll give you uh, some thoughts on how we can sort of dictate the playlist tomorrow and, Make us all reminiscent of a grade eight, that girl we had a crush on, those terrible rugby pants we were wearing, and the fact that, uh, you know, 14 was just 14 back then. 14 wasn't the new 17. Nobody was talking to us online. We were on the phone for two hours every night. Good times. Harmless times at that. Uh, I'll get there in a little bit. Uh, let me start here. It occurred to me yesterday during the day I was driving up to Canada's Wonderland, one of uh, the places where I'm I'm happiest uh, on uh, the planet, uh, despite, you know, missing some spots with my SPF 60 yesterday. And uh, I'm driving up to a Vaughan, Ontario. And it occurred to me as well that there'd be a there could be a really interesting race for mayor in Hamilton. There could be Andrea Horvath. I expect to run for mayor. I think we started hearing about this three or four days before even the provincial election. I don't think that affected anybody's vote per se. I don't think you vote for the NDP or not vote for the NDP because, well, she'll stiff us and just wander off and become mayor of uh, of the Steel City. Not at all. And uh, I have a great affinity for Hamilton. I don't like all the Hamilton-Toronto rivalry stuff. I know people in Hamilton like to have their digs on Toronto. And and I I just feel an affinity with both both places. I really do. But we're going to have a really interesting race there with 78-year-old Bob Bertina and 59-year-old Andrea Horvath. And there's a couple other kind of prominent candidates as well. For herself, Horvath said this with our good friend Bill Kelly, which uh, Bill Kelly's uh, 900 CHML radio show, uh, complicatedly called The Bill Kelly Show. Um, he and Andrea Horvath on yesterday, and she said this about the potential to run.
1: It's certainly something that's on my mind. But it's also being at this point um, put to, to somewhat to the side as I fulfill those obligations that I've described. Y- you know me; I'm a pretty serious person. I, I take my responsibilities uh, to heart, and um, you know, and I'm not going to I'm not going to leave uh, you know the the caucus uh, or the party in the lurch. But certainly, there are some timelines that are tight, and and so I am weighing all of these things uh, um, you know very carefully.
0: Kind of busy times. I think it is. And and she's right about that. That's not just some political cliche. And listen, I've been the first to criticize an, an Andrea Horvath political cliche or Doug Ford or Stephen Del Duca. There was a lot of it during at times what was an eye rollingly frustrating uh, provincial election campaign. Um You'd be forgiven even if you're a hopeful I think positive person like me, I really, I am. Um, You'd be cynical a little bit about the choices you had. And as such, let me defend your right to say, I'm going to spoil my ballot. I'm going to stay home. I don't feel aligned anymore. I don't feel, I feel politically homeless. I don't feel kinship, all that stuff. But we're going to have something interesting in Hamilton that we're not going to have in Toronto. And when I was in the car yesterday, I started to think about why is that? Why, why won't we have an interesting race for mayor in the city of toronto john Tory's going to get a third term and i don't know we're in in late june and look at hamilton look at bill kelly pressing andrea horvath on his show on 900 chml yesterday to commit to running or not and he told her a couple different times he's like you can't wait forever i, I know yeah the fords are ford government's going to name a cabinet um Queens Park is going to sit for a summer session, and they should. There's a lot of work to be done. Cabinet's going to switch around and rearrange, and we should know a lot more about that on Friday. And I bet you stuff starts to leak out even late today, maybe tomorrow, about who's going where. There's already talk about it. Um, but I wonder if if Toronto's just a harder city to run than ever before. Or is it just that no one wants to leave a good job to take on an incredibly difficult one? Andrea Horvath, I've got a lot of respect for. She's been in politics now for a long, long time, four elections as NDP leader, no matter what you think of the party, no matter what you think of the results. And I didn't think the result was all that terrible, given some of the circumstances. What? The liberals were going to have single digit seats again? And oh, oh, they they did do that and went from seven seats to eight seats. Okay, so the NDP kind of held their ground. They had a little bit of a watershed moment, getting up to 40 seats in twenty eighteen thirty one, despite the loss of a couple key people in Queen's Park, it's not so bad. But Toronto's a different story. I, I I've got great admiration for people that throw their hat into the ring, as it were, with regard to politics. Why run? You might not win. And it's one thing to say, well, I'm gonna run for city council because Kristen Wong Tam's not there, or Joe Cressy's not there, or this counselor won't be there. I think we could all agree many city counselors have told me on the side, and some have even said it into a microphone City Council kind of needs a shake-up a little bit. We, we are a very strange city in terms of how repressed we are. We're going to do reports. We're going to do a study about a report about a study sometimes before we actually act on things. That's almost why it was so celebratory last week It led all the newscasts. Toronto's going to get World Cup games, and we got out of the way somehow enough of our own selves to make sure that the city was eligible, the commitment was going to be there to expand the stadium, and all that stuff. We weren't even smart enough to do it in 2015 when uh, when we had the Pan Am games here and we decided, oh, we can have Women's World Cup games six weeks before. Why not? Why not? You've got the pro soccer team playing there all summer. It, it didn't make sense to me. And I think Brian Lilly really brings it here. And like every other human being on the planet, sometimes I agree with him. Many times I don't. But here's the column yesterday. Tory wants a third term but ignores voters who sent him to City Hall. And he lays out a lot of things that John Tory has is not doing. And he's got a point here. Tory hasn't done a horrible job, he writes. But right now, basic services aren't working properly. We have public washrooms and water fountains that don't work. That's been a massive story in these last few weeks. The garbage bin, let me go back to his uh, his words, not mine. The garbage bins that line our streets are perpetually a mess. And have you tried to rely on the TTC lately? Subways get shut down far too often. Buses are forever late. Now, it's a complicated city. Toronto is, New York is, Chicago is, Los Angeles is. Major North American cities aren't like running, I don't know, South Bend, Indiana, where Mayor Pete Buttigieg was such a rock star. Many politicians could be a rock star in South Bend, Indiana. But Lily makes the point, and properly so. That's the nice stuff, the easy stuff the city should be able to get right. And we're failing there. What's a mayor supposed to do about carjackings? What's a mayor supposed to do about street gangs and crime in general? But crime is up. Shootings are up. Dying from shootings is up. Absolutely. This is a more violent city than it was a year ago, than it was three years ago. We can't put all this on John Tory. We can't put all this on a respective police chief. But all of this is a problem. And yet nobody is stepping to the forefront to run against John Tory and say, I can do better. And maybe not even I can do better, but I can equal what John Tory's doing. Here's some of what he said in late March about why he wants to continue being mayor of Toronto. Well, one of the reasons why I want to continue in this job if the voters would uh, re-elect me is because I believe that the kind of experience I have, uh, the kind of understanding I have of the need for partnerships with the other governments and my ability to form those, uh, my ability to manage the finances of the city soundly, to sell the city for things like film and technology, that those things are, uh, you know, are going to require experienced leadership that people are familiar and comfortable with and that I want to continue to provide that leadership. And so uh, post-COVID recovery is is job one uh, for the city and I'm going to be doing it now, but I would think it'll carry on after the election as well. He is connected. He does know how to politic with a K in that word. There's no doubt about it. And maybe somebody who steps up against him, uh, like Jennifer mad last time or whoever this year's sacrificial lamb is. I-, I can't see somebody coming out of the woodwork and giving him a challenge. The most prominent name I heard that might be coming after him was Pinball Clemens. And that's not going to happen. And Pinball's not going to run. And he's not going to win. But I think Lily nails it here with this sentiment. I felt for a long time, Tory is elected by centrist voters who align with the liberals or conservatives, but immediately runs to make sure the NDP wing of council is happy once he's elected. He's forgo- forgetting who his friends are, said one frustrated liberal who has backed Tory in the past. And we've got to do a little bit better. There's checks and balances for a reason. We use that phrase all the time in politics and there's more of it in the United States than there is here. I think it's an interesting sentiment, and I want to talk a little bit more about it as the morning continues. Let me give you something that's new this a.m. just in the last minute or so I've got here. Pride Toronto introducing a weapons check at stage areas following recent, quote, increase in security risks. But I think it's important to document uh, that they're not just going to be able to frisk people on the street and check you for weapons. Private security firms can't do that. The cops certainly aren't going to do that. The Pride organizers don't want the cops even involved in the Pride Toronto festivities. It's got some complications to it. Look, you can support the event and ask questions about where this is going to go. By the way, um, the organizer of Pride, Sherwin Modesta, says the move's a precautionary measure and there's been no direct threats against Pride Toronto or any of the events. Okay, if that's true, then why the step up? why the, because there's been an increase in online threats towards LGBTQ communities in other cities, that's fine. I mean, that's terrible, but it's also understandable, which is what I meant by fine, that you want to increase security, but you've got to strike that balance. You got to make sure people feel comfortable and they're coming to Pride Toronto to feel safe, but they're also not feeling like they're going to be personally violated and checked out we're going to look and search you and do this and that before you can get into this area and that area. This is going to be a big issue in the next couple of days leading up to the weekend ahead. So I mentioned yesterday, I want people to hear this clip of, uh, from Curb Your Enthusiasm. This is Larry David on an airplane sitting next to a man, and, uh, and he gives the right advice. Larry David's not always right, the character, the human being, the co-creator of Seinfeld. But this is an appropriate call out to a complete stranger you're sitting next to on a flight. And I don't think the office is any different. Have a listen.
2: Let me give you a little tip, okay? hmm For traveling. A little traveling tip. Try not to wear shorts. It's not all that attractive to look at for five hours. Are you Honestly. kidding? No, no I, I, I wear these on every flight when I travel. Really? Because it's yes. very
0: comfortable. These planes, yeah. if you notice, get very hot. Ah, uh, yes, I'm do. sorry, I didn't see yeah. where I had to check you with know, the person I'm, I'm sitting next to what I'm I should wear. I'm comfortable in
3: pajamas, but I don't wear pajamas on a plane. Okay. Oh, you're very uptight, dude very uptight. uptight it's just, I don't it's think just it's up shorts tight. man i don't think it's
0: uptight you've never seen a man's legs yeah they're grotesque what if they were a woman's in a skirt would you say that to her if a woman's in a skirt if they were hairy okay that's right uh shiva sadiki joins me right now listen i'm just telling you um I, I, if you told me this is something women shouldn't wear to the workplace I, i'd respect that i understand the distinction between Between the sexes. I understand the distinction between being uncut. Larry David's right. They are. They're the G word. Men's legs are grotesque unless they're your own. They are.
3: (laughs) Okay. So you're saying that under any circumstances, (laughs) men should not wear shorts to the workplace.
0: I have a few exceptions. Do you want to hear my exceptions before? Yes. Because I think I have more, I have fewer exceptions than you. You work on the, you work on the beach. I don't want to see a lifeguard in (laughs) trousers or slacks or whatever they're called. I do think. I do think that if you're saving lives, if you're Mitch, uh, Mitch, Baywatch, uh, Mitch, B- Mitch Baywatch, Mitch Buchanan or whatever his name was, mm-hmm. and you're saving puppies from like undertoes, get out there. I think if you're attending a recreational outdoor work event later that day, a little summer fun, a little midday chorus barbecue at the local park, then yes. And, and I got one more. You work for a shorts company. Promote them. <laughs> Promote the product, <laughs> okay? You got. I would promote the product uh, very... Oh, and uh, UPS, UPS. Because yesterday, I'm at Canada's Wonderland. I see all these kids in pants. I felt bad for them. It's 42 on the Humidex. I wouldn't have walked around that place without shorts. And they got to work in uh, long pants. I did feel a little bit bad for those people. But in an air-conditioned workspace, no, no, no. You can wear pants.
3: Okay, I think times are changing. So according to a New York Times article... Post pandemic, which we're not there yet, but we're you know we're two oh, years we're over two years into a pandemic. Oh. Uh no. We're almost there. Oh, We're almost there. Okay, well, you
0: you'll let me know. Do I get well, some kind of a weak notice?
3: I will let you know. I think the WHO will let you know. Oh, so Okay, that's they, okay know. they're so they're right once, about most things. Okay. Okay. So right. there times have changed. Things are evolving. Now there's you know, there's there's no more suit and tie dress code in the workplace. There's the influence of tech culture, right? There's gender <laughs> fluidity. There are all these reasons why it's okay to wear shorts. And I do think personally it is okay depending on the shorts. Do you remember LeBron James? Do you remember that suit he was wearing with yes. short the shorts? Suit. Yes, that looked amazing. That was professional. It was tight. He was walking into uh, practice. I think this is when he was working with the. When he was playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, and this is during the NBA Finals. He made it work. Now that was very formal. He still had a suit, a suit jacket, and a tie on with those dress shorts. But I think wearing you know linen shorts or just a little more of a formal short. I'm not talking about jean short, cut off jean shorts, but I mean a formal short with you know nice t-shirts, maybe some. Mm. Put on a casual Friday.
0: Do you think if you're on TV... G- Gord and I, Gord Rennie and I are watching a... Uh, I won't say who it is, but we're watching a television male weathercaster right now. Right, Gord? Aren't yes. Aren't we? Wouldn't you be alarmed <laughs> if that man was in shorts right now?
3: No. Because Gord, you know what, gonna... I,
0: I,
2: wait a minute. Gord gets to say. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to have to uh, go with Greg on that one. I think I would be <laughs> a little thrown if he was wearing shorts on TV. Yesterday, I was all about, come on, let's just wear shorts. But you know what? Looking we don't want the wanna, guy we, on TV.
0: We don't want to see each other's legs. And I got great legs, Sheba. That's true. <laughs> I, <laughs> he so showed either, me it was consensual. And yeah. I I but I can't. You're right about LeBron. What I can't control is Jeff MacArthur can't may not be able to jazz up his his legs shorts ensemble like LeBron. Alan <laughs> Carter's Do you think Alan Carter's legs? Like I uh, Danny Longo's legs? Like where. <laughs> Where does it stop?
3: I think there's nothing wrong with showing a little leg if it's professional. If it's professional and you're not, you know, they're professional, sh- clean. There's nothing, you know, like you look presentable. I don't think there's in the summertime. If you're walking in in December in this country wearing shorts, that's <laughs> a different issue. You obviously do not care. Well, then you're you insane, obviously. Yes. 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 But I think in the summer, especially during a heat wave, uh, as people are making that transition back to the office as well, I don't think there's anything wrong with it.
0: I think you gotta you gotta bring your A game when you're expected to. And I think so. You've
3: never, in the history of your career, no. to
0: work, worn shorts to work. It's totally unprofessional to wear them to a radio station. Absolutely unprofessional to wear them to a radio. Do station. Do you wear jeans to work? Uh you can once in a while. You man, men have to cover their legs. They do. You're acting we- like I'm I'm the I'm the. Uh- okay,
3: so this is a male female <laughs> thing interesting so uh, men have to co- cover their legs that's right can, can a woman wear shorts
0: to to the workplace a- absolutely if it's up to her oh absolutely right this is where we are no uh, we just dealt with the paleness and the hair you you said if it was uh, like you almost hinted like if the if the men's legs were clean and i'm like well that is no anybody
3: some- men are, i'm just <laughs> assuming that your your hygiene is on par for going out in public and going to the workplace male or female i think it's okay if for male, men and women. I didn't realize we we're only talking about men here at this point that it's only not okay for men. I don't I don't agree with that. You can't you can't differentiate between the two. Uh, you can't? Well No. Why not? Because that's not it's Gregory.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a very stern <laughs> stern name to use for me. You said that my mom only only calls me that. It's a very motherly scolding I get here. I just I think this is-
3: men and women in the workplace regardless of where you work i don't see anything wrong with wearing shorts for women no don't go too short for men don't you know don't look clean look hygienic look uh put together make it a nice outfit but if we're in the middle of a heat wave in this city and you're just trying to you know get through your day and you look good there's nothing who who decides on that
0: I'm telling you that Gord me, Dave Danny Lago, Jeff MacArthur, Alan Carter would have different opinions about it. and can I wear a tank top to host Toronto today? Can no. I wear it? Why not? No, that's where it No, you shouldn't you should oh, be so tank top. Are are Oh, so there are lines. Are women are there are lines. women wear sleeveless things on television and men don't. So let's not make it make the case there aren't rules. No, well women also wear dresses for the most part and men don't. I'm wearing right? one right now. <sighs> what if it was a kilt? <laughs>
3: Oh that's a good are question. Are you Scottish
0: or are you not? I think I those distinctions need oh, to be Oh, so
3: it's appropriation. If you're not Scottish, <laughs> oh, you're appropriating oh Scottish culture by wearing a kilt. Okay, got it. Yes.
0: Hey, you you were you were as excited as I've ever seen anybody be in a uh, Google Doc about a, a new um, a new product from Lululemon. So <laughs> you're like you're naturally going to be more excited than me about that. To wear to the mosque? Oh, oh! The uh,
3: Lululemon now has hijabs out. Yes, they're selling they're selling Lululemon hijabs, branded hijabs. you You're was super the first. jacked
0: about this. And I think be. it's
3: really cool. I think it's awesome. I think that you could walk into Lululemon down the street from your house and buy a hijab there now.
0: Do we, will you let? Okay, so if Gordon and I are against it, like Dave Bradley is a man of integrity and logic. If he if he agrees with us, do, will you just say like clearly no. I've under no
3: no. Well, I see nothing wrong Eve? with. No, I don't need any men.
0: <laughs> I'm, fi- I'm don't perfectly, let your husband hear that too loudly. I'm okay. perfectly
3: secure in my in my opinion on this. I think it's fine to wear shorts to, for men to wear shorts to work. also there's that there's a huge dilemma that people talk about with women wearing leggings to work, right? And women shouldn't wear leggings to work.
0: I don't but, judge that stuff. I, I I only judge other men. I'm not judgy when it comes. <laughs> It's not like, again, if I can't wear a tank top, I don't like why, you know, why if I can dress like a lifeguard on the bottom half, why can't I dress like a lifeguard on the top half? Why can't I bring a flotation device into the show as well?
3: I think there are certain our our company doesn't have a policy against shorts for men. Well,
0: I'm going to initiate. I'm going to suggest one later at the next big meeting. Emanating from the states, there is the potential for the Supreme Court uh, to weigh in. Finally, on uh, Roe v. Wade, this has been a boiling point, a tension point. All spring and all summer. The second thing that may happen today and it's expected to actually, it's more likely than the first is for President Joe Biden to call for a three month suspension of gas and diesel taxes uh, just to give relief to Americans to the pump. He's got to go through Congress to do that, but he's got the votes in Congress to suspend those taxes. And that's going to at least get you through what we call, I suppose, driving season into uh, the summer. And he also wants the states to suspend their own gas taxes as well. Coming out of COVID, that's not the easiest thing. Uh, so we'll see. 18.4 cents a gallon federal tax on gas, 24.4 cents a gallon federal tax on diesel fuel. Biden wants those wiped out. And we'll see if indeed uh, there's an appetite for it a little later on today. Uh, Speaking of economics, we get inflation numbers today and uh, we're always happy to have our next guest on. She is the MP for Toronto Centre, as well the Minister for Women and Gender Equality and Youth. She is Marcy Ian. Marcy, it is always great to have you on uh, Toronto today. Thanks very much for making the time.
4: Greg, it's great to hear your
0: voice. How you doing? I'm fantastic. Well, I'm I'm parenting. It's the end of the school year. There's a there's yeah. an eighth grade grad tomorrow. That's the hottest ticket in Ajax. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just I'm just so relieved we're having these things. Probably even the last oh. time we talked around January February, we just weren't sure where we get to. And just seeing joy in kids' faces is just it's uh, it's It feels like a night and day difference from where we were at the start of the calendar year. It's great.
4: It is great. And listen, congratulations uh, to, to yours. I've got uh, a grade five grad and a grade 12 grad all in person in my house. So I hear you. It's what, uh, it's wonderful.
0: Have you done your shopping for the 12th grade grad? That's not oh easy, right? Oh my gosh. Like, okay. There's probably some pressure points. We're talking inflation in the Ian household uh, with, uh, listen, with that. Come on.
4: Can I just make a quick comment about Blaze? Because here's the situation. It's yeah, mom, there's there's a pre party. There's a post party. I need outfits for both. There's this <laughs> is I'm, I don't even I can't even keep up. I, I can't even keep up. This kid now has a job. I said, this is why you have a job, Blaze. You've got to cover some of this stuff.
0: Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: Anyway, well, it's just it's a lot. It's a lot.
0: Well, I'll come back to the economics as well. But I know you were also uh, up early and, and rightly so for the sunrise ceremony in Nathan Phillips Square National Indigenous yes. Peoples Day. I think yes. it's lost on a lot of people um, that we've had this day since 1996. Obviously, your government moved uh, astutely to, to put in National Truth and Reconciliation Day in the fall. But this is a holiday that's been around for the better part of twenty five years, and I think it's just getting the proper ink, if you will, that it now deserves. And you were a part of it yesterday.
4: It was it was so beautiful. Um, I was there with with my colleague uh, MP uh, Sean Fraser, the Minister for Immigration. Uh, John Tory, uh, the Mayor, was there. Several MPPs, several councillors, but most importantly people, not just from Toronto, Greg, but Mm. that had driven in. I talked to someone from Manitoulin Island that, you know, that had just driven in for this ceremony. And I have to tell you, I learned so much because it wasn't just the ceremony. It was the elders explaining why certain things were happening during the ceremony. Why, for instance, there were strawberries, strawberries represent men, In Indigenous culture, blueberries represent women, you know, the fire, um, the fact that everything has a soul, including nature, uh, why uh, we were doing, you know, um, uh, the smudging ceremonies, all of these things. And Mayor Tory said it best when he said, you know, I've been doing these ceremonies for years and years and we do them on the steps of Nathan Phillips Square and maybe, you know, 10 people would show up. There was a crowd there yesterday waiting to go at five o'clock in the morning. And that says a lot. It says a lot about empathy. It says a lot about how we are standing as allies. And also uh, Pamela Hart, who was there, and um, she works with with Mayor Tory um, from an Indigenous side of things uh, for the city. She said, listen, today is National Indigenous Peoples Day but really every day is National Indigenous People's Day. And and she's yeah. absolutely right. And that's 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 how we continue this journey, this most important journey to reconciliation. It was absolutely beautiful.
0: Marcy Ian is uh, kind enough to join us on Toronto today on six forty Toronto. Um I mentioned inflation. I mentioned what Joe Biden's got planned perhaps today. Mm. And I know there's there's now Um, hints from uh, from your government, from Christian Freeland, about finding a way to get people relief, finding a way to get Canadians relief at a time when it it feels like they need it the most. The cynical person would say, ah, Joe Biden's just doing that to get reelected. Your government doesn't have to worry about an election anytime soon. But I know it's just as prominent an issue. And I know you hear from constituents that say, what will the federal government do?
4: This is the most prominent issue, and and rightly, the deputy prime minister has talked about Canada's economic recovery. It is right now the best in the G seven. We've recovered 117, you know, percent of the jobs lost during the pandemic, and that's compared. You mentioned President Biden to just 96 percent in the U S. But people hear these numbers and they think that's fine and dandy. But my pocketbook is still hurting. My family finances are strained. What is the government doing to fight inflation? And so it's a bit of economy 101. And that is that this global phenomenon is caused by so many factors. It is the pandemic shift in demand from services to goods and and this war in Ukraine, forcing up the price of food and fuel and all those things. But our plan is to continue to put money and investments in the hands of people and families to meet them where they are. So case in point, my colleague, Minister Hussein, who is the Minister of Housing and Diversity and Inclusion. Uh, has this rapid housing initiative. And I've seen mm-hmm. it up close and personal in Toronto, in Toronto Centre that I represent. So in the spring, Mayor Tory and Minister Hussain announced phase two of that rapid housing initiative. And what that will do is create a thousand new homes within a year. That's why it's called rapid housing. The first phase, Greg, already has shovels in the ground. And it's going to create more than 600 new affordable rental homes. And that's important because we've got to have rental space as well. And it's just one example of how we're working with the city. This is cross-government. This is, this is how we're working together to get stuff done. Uh, the other thing that I would highlight, uh, the Canada Workers' Benefit. It's important people know about this. It is going to put up to $2,400, and that's significant, into the pockets of low-income families. And that starts this year. And I think there's been some confusion because you know there's Budget 2021, Budget 2022. Things are announced. But it's important to know that sometimes in budgets like that, things are announced and that they get kind of put into play, um, you know, maybe six months later. So there are things that are coming to fruition now. And just quickly, dental care, because it's huge. It's going to cover kids under 12. It's happening in 2022, full implata- impl- implementation by 2025, and it's going to expand. So it'll include under 18, seniors, people with disabilities. This is this is significant stuff.
0: It's really significant stuff. There's two things I want to get in, and I got about a minute and a half to do it. If you can, sure. give, give me. Uh, you're you're familiar with uh, deadlines when the uh, <laughs> when the uh, the lights <laughs> go bit. on, and the producer screaming at bit. you and waving his arms. I know you are. So oh, yeah, give me thir- oh, yeah. give me thirty or forty on Pearson Airport. A lot of people have talked about it. Are you hopeful that things improve? I think we've had a perfect uh, you know perfect storm of a lot of conditions there. Like you say, with inflation, we've had a lot of issues. Whether it's been the airlines, the airports themselves, the screening, the passports, people haven't traveled in a while. All that. That stuff are you hopeful for improvement in the next little I, bit
4: i i am more than hopeful it has been a perfect storm of all the things you just mentioned greg but i am more than hopeful um all the issues are being worked out different players are at the table minister al gabra uh, listen i can tell you personally not sleeping <laughs> not sleeping i wouldn't be either uh, that's a no, hard not gig. sleeping right it's a hard get working around the clock but really there are a lot of people at the table i am mm. more than confident
0: Pride weekend this weekend in Toronto. Um, yes. I, 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 th- I think two things. I think it's there's never been more acceptance. There's never been more evolution and understanding about, um, about the gay community, the gay struggles, and the LGBTQ uh, universe. And I think at the same time that there's never been more acceptance there's never been more threats and noise and and you know violence from the fringe. So um, those two things intersect this weekend, and we want everybody to be safe and and uh, and and have a great party somehow.
4: Absolutely, we want everybody to be safe. I, I want everybody to know that that I'll be marching in the parade downtown on Sunday. I'm so excited about it. And and it's about encouraging not just the LGBTQ2 community, but allies as well to come, come down, Mm. come chat with me, have a conversation with me. You know, I'm the Minister of Women and Gender Equality and Youth, and that means the LGBTQ2 Secretariat is under my purview. So excited about this. So please come down. Um, come down with, you know, your family's support. Empathy is yeah. the key, Greg. Empathy. Empathy is the key right now.
0: It's one of these uh, massive events that we've missed uh, for three years. And uh, thank you very much for coming on and talking about it. Please come back later in the summer. Let us know how all the grad uh, stuff went. I <laughs> I will. Uh, and whether uh, whether or not Blaze has to take two jobs before the end of the summer <laughs> to pay for school next year. Thank honestly, you, very, <laughs> thank honestly. Thank you very, thank you very much for coming on, Marcy. I know it's expensive. Oh, it's too
4: much. Anyway, thank you so much. Great to chat with you. love All to the having best you, to you on your family. You okay. bet.
0: If you found out overnight that there's going to be more security. And there's been a, quote, increase in security risks at Pride Toronto this weekend. Um, You're not alone. And maybe you're not surprised, given recent events, not just in Toronto, obviously, uh, but all through North America. Marianne Domain is uh, kind enough to join us, global news reporter. And uh, it's one of those things, Marianne, where um, everybody wants this to go well. Everybody wants this to happen without a hitch. And I guess we could use the uh, oft-used phrase, an abundance of caution, but Pride Toronto is going to boost some security checks, not involving police, obviously, with that long-standing tension there. But these will be private security checks for weapons to get into certain areas.
1: Yes, that's right. So uh, the executive director of Pride Toronto issued a statement that he posted on Twitter yesterday, basically saying that organizers are prioritizing the safety of all festival event goers. And so starting now, they're going to have security officers. Um, who are manning the designated areas equipped with wands to look for any potential weapons on anybody who's trying to enter the areas around the stages. Of course, this is an extra measure that we haven't seen done before, but they're doing this because they say um, there have been some threats, Um some security concerns as well over the past few weeks. So they didn't specify exactly what those were.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's interesting that it's mentioned no direct threats. But I think I think a couple of things, right? They uh, they looked two weeks ago and an Ontario teen was arrested and charged for making threats. At, a, at an event in West Palm Beach. That 17-year-old is going to be extradited and is going to face charges down there. So they want to go, I guess the, the oft-used phrase, more safe than sorry here, but it's going to be real interesting to see the complexities of how they do all this and and in, in what areas, and I guess how aggressive security is about this stuff.
1: Yeah, and they've already warned anyone who's planning to come down and take part at these events this weekend that there could be some delays getting into these particular events uh, designated areas around the staging areas and and those kinds of things. Anyone who's come downtown to see any of these Pride events, particularly the festival weekend, which wraps up the whole month, and the Pride Toronto events, which is actually happening this weekend, you know that there is a huge crowd. The road is lined with uh, thousands of people. So when you consider that there's an extra safety measure being now put in place, it will cause some delays. But again, organizers are saying they're erring on the side of caution, Mm. and they're hoping this will really give some peace of mind for anyone who's planning to come out and celebrate this weekend.
0: Yeah, and we hope that happens. Uh, We'll be watching for your report later today. Marianne, thanks for checking in with us.
1: All right, thanks.
0: You got it. There's uh, Marianne Domain at uh, the corner of Church and Wellesley, basically the epicenter of where uh, Pride celebrations will be uh, this weekend. All right, if you're headed to the movies this weekend, I actually think movies have made a big bounce back. Um, there's been great demand for tickets. I went to see the Jurassic movie opening weekend a couple weekends ago. Shiva Siddiqui went and saw Top Gun Maverick uh, opening weekend. But what we saw yesterday, Shiba was that Cineplex is going to up the ante if you're booking tickets online which is almost the standard way to book now and it's not even a dollar 50 booking fee per booking five six tickets at once which you often have to do but it's a buck 50 a ticket and if i do my math correctly and i sometimes don't that's nine bucks for your family every time you're booking seats online nine bucks
3: I know, I know, and this is where we're at. I mean, an extra nine dollars, but you know, I looked into this, so I thought a hundred a dollar fifty per ticket was the booking fee. First of all, I find that so annoying. So um, I mean, we go to lately. There's we're getting back into the movies. You're right, it is back, and we're a family of six. So as it is, it already adds up. Right, and for us to sit together in a good seat, we always pre-book our tickets. We buy them online so that we're in a group together. We have good seats. You pay for the kids' tickets, then they want all the snacks and the popcorn, which you know that's an arm and a leg when you go there. Just the way they, they those it's six are arms and six up. legs for you. Yeah, really, it yeah. is. It is. So it adds up. It's a very expensive outing. So we make sure it's you know a really good movie, not just every weekend <laughs> we're at the movies. No, it has to count. It really has to count. Um But then I looked into Ticketmaster and I thought, you know what, what does Ticketmaster do? So Ticketmaster, they have a service fee, they have an order processing fee, and sometimes they have a delivery fee. So we know how we feel about it. Mean, when you buy those Ticketmaster tickets for whatever is a show, a concert... Mm-hmm. You see all those extra charges and they just add up. So other places are already doing this, which, you know, Cineplex has, we did reach out to them yesterday and they did give us their statement um that, you know, their prices are relative. Their booking fees much less than other places. Uh, but there are there are some exceptions to this. If you're a scene member, right? A scene plus member, you'll only pay a dollar per ticket for the booking fee. And then if you're a Cine Club member, which I need to find out now how much that Heck costs, yeah. a Cine Club member, uh, your booking fees are completely waived. So that's where we're at with this. Uh, they say it's because of their digital infrastructure. That's why they're charging these $1.50 booking fees. That I they know. need
0: to sort of web grade. Like, I, I, I find on some and uh, we book either with cineplex or landmark and i find sometimes it's a little bit wonky sometimes you get kicked off sometimes you're like "Ah, i can't figure this out on my like it's it's not even like oh i can't figure out the technology it's like it just kicks you off or it sends you to another page or you got to reset your password a million times because we all have 48 passwords but saying that when you show up at a theater as we did for decades upon decades of movie going there's fewer seats now because if you yes. get the fancy leather seats. It, so f- to your point, if I'm just going with my wife or I'm taking one of my kids to get two is a little bit different than six. So buying in, in advance has to be a priority for your family. It's not just it's not just showing up and being no. a single person or two people. You got to be organized about this, and that's going to cost you more money.
3: That's exactly it. So now we're, we're going to have to be prepared for that. But it is going where everybody else is going. So you know, I was very annoyed when I first saw this article and this announcement. But they're they're in this going in the same direction as everybody else. I mean, Ticketmaster gouge. Like I'm I just I'm shocked at those. When you when I go to the ballet, when I go to the anything in this city, there's always a service fee of some kind. I never know what that fee is for. So now I'm learning that it is for their digital infrastructure. So it's like, you know, Homer in the Simpsons episode that just presses yes on the keyboard <laughs> over and over again. So there's some guy at Cineplex just pressing yes over and over yeah. again. and We're paying a dollar fifty extra for that booking fee.
0: I remember, I remember the very first time I was in the UK and my friend and I, uh, my best friend and I were taking, I can't remember where we were headed, but it's the first time I saw a uh, UK based person put gas in their car. And I kind of calculated the price. And they've always paid almost like double what we pay. And I'm like, how do you do that? Like how do you mentally and he's just he shrugged his shoulders and he's like, I can't think about it. And I think that's where we our whole this is like twenty years ago. That's where our whole society is with service fees. Like I don't look at my, I don't look at my Disney plus bill. I don't look at my Netflix. I, I, I see every little news story when the Netflix increase goes up and I'm like, I'm not canceling it. They've got me. They haven't taken me to the point where I'm weighing. Now, people are cutting cable and people are saying I only need so many streaming services. And people are being certainly more um, judicious about about sort of how their enter- where their entertainment dollar goes. People. Here's the smart move too. now is what I'm seeing is if you wait for concert tickets on on StubHub, you're going to do better than buying them. Originally, because there's no, there's a fee at really? StubHub. Yeah. Like, See, I, I, I
3: wondered about that.
0: I think, unless it's something like, Dua Lipa and people have been waiting for her show for like three years. If you were going to that New Kids you know, show, I bet you could, especially now that it's been cancelled, people are like, well, I can't make it now in late July, so I'm going to put my tickets up on a on a second-hand you know, a secondhand site or a, a secondary site, not a second-hand like I'm diminishing it. But if you're
3: I'm, saying that StubHub, you can get them cheaper than the original price.
0: That's what I'm seeing. I, we, again, we went to a baseball huh. game in Detroit last week. We walked in and sat in $48 seats for $5. So wow. I, As you caught a ball. That's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh, five dollars you ever spent it's like Frank the Brady. team it's like the StubHub paid me to go to the game i got a ball by the way i inscribed the ball and i'm seen as the biggest loser around the house i wrote the date on it i wrote the inning it happened <laughs> i wrote first foul ball ever <laughs> in purple ink like it cannot be it cannot be erased no one can no one's allowed to go hit that ball over the fence and uh, and play with it in the schoolyard <laughs> <laughs> I don't want some grubby kid getting a hold of my ball. I saw a picture of now. you.
3: I saw you tuck it into your hotel bed. You had
0: it, blankets oh, wrapped all around uh, it on yeah, the pillow. Yeah, we had the most funny. magical night together. We were just spooning more than anything. <laughs> me and the me and the baseball. But uh, that's that's how it went. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. But yeah, th- like to 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 circle back on the charge, I just think people shrug their shoulders. Right? If it was a three dollar charge, like a- anybody would say, what can we get away with? We, we are going to charge you more. What's the tipping point for where a consumer will go? Nah. And I don't think it's a dollar 50. I don't think you and me are going to go to any fewer movies because it's a dollar 50.
3: I think you're right. I think you're right about that. We'll continue to pay it. And this is this is the direction the world's going in. So, we have... <laughs> And you're right for Netflix. I don't know what I'm paying anymore. It just. No. changes so free- Yeah, I don't know. Just keep keep the streaming coming. Keep, keep that, that, that content
0: happening. All right, we'll do our 4 for 4 quiz. We were just chatting uh, in the studio that tomorrow, and we'll take text uh, messages for requests. I, You know, I don't think you can call a radio station now and ask for a song. But did anybody do that when they were a kid? Like, oh, I did all- that all the time. Oh, yeah, requests yeah. all the time. Oh, you, Shiba, you'd call radio stations and ask for songs? I would. Why are you surprised? I don't know. Because I, I think, because you're younger than me, and that, that era sort of stopped a little bit, and the DJs have less control over, I think, well, over what they play anymore, I think.
3: No, I would call in
0: and I would request. Yeah. I remember my first request was for uh, ACDC's Back in Black when I was in fourth grade. And the <laughs> guy was like, it's too early in the day for that. <laughs> <laughs> we only play that at night. It's like, it's two o'clock. We'll scare a lot of the uh, people randomly. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't ask for Dirty Deeds, Dirt Cheap or Highway oh, yeah. to Hell. What I, are we doing here?
2: I learned later in life when the announcer would say, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> it usually meant no chance.
0: Well that's what I say around the house. Yeah, exactly. Weeding? I'll see what <laughs> I can do. <laughs> but but let's tomorrow I want to do a, a, like a music theme where we take listeners requests for whatever sort of the big slow song was in in 8th grade when the, not 12th or 13th or 14th in some of our listeners 15th but the 8th grade song. Like mine was Live to Tell by Madonna. That song was on the radio all the time. And so that would be the slow song almost Greatest love of all also. Because, Gord, I know you do believe somehow that the children are our future. You oh, keep yeah. mentioning that over and over again. As as you I don't teach them well? I disagree. And let them lead the way. Yeah. That's if, right. If, I if you don't
2: teach them well, then forget about it.
0: <laughs> and then you were you graduated a year later than me, and you said your sort of song was... Uh, well, you you had songs from different eras.
2: Yeah, because uh, we started in uh, started gathering at uh, people's houses in the, the year before in '86. So, so, but I mean, one more night was big. By uh, Phil Collins, yeah, right? Wham, Careless Whisper, and Foreigners. I want to know what love is. They were kind of in the rotations. Ca- Careless Whisper is a bad prom song, isn't that? That's about like adultery.
0: I didn't care. What I, the, did. I didn't care what was <laughs> about. Well, I'm never I'm just, gonna dance again. <laughs> guilty feet have got no rhythm. You'd be like, Hey, what are you telling me? I was dancing with a woman, so uh, with a girl. So I mean, yeah. <laughs> the teacher, the eighth grade teacher. <laughs> yeah. She she took uh, empathy. Uh, I thought about that, but uh, my grade eight teacher was a six foot nine uh, giant guy, so oh. we wouldn't have we wouldn't have fit well together. <laughs> He's a huge tall man. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. Well,
3: let's get to our quiz. Today. Let's get to speaking our quiz. Speaking of all of this, speaking of of grade eight grad and prom, and it's National Kissing Day today.
0: I never would have guessed oh. that.
3: Yes, that's what it is today. So make sure you go home and kiss your special someone. Hopefully for you guys, it's your wives.
0: Yeah. Ooh, that's my cat. Mm.
3: <laughs> oh, your cat. Yes, I love you can kissing ki- my cat. Yes. Oh, I know, I know, I know. Okay, first question: True or false? Kissing prolongs your lifespan. Gord,
2: true. Dave, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say true because it makes you happy, right? Oh, yeah. And happy happy extends your life. So I think that's uh, yeah, true. Greg, nope. Nope. <laughs> Takes years off, as a matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> Do you stress that much over kissing? Yeah.
0: I'm great at it, but anyway, never mind. No. Okay,
3: well, you're wrong. It's true. German physicians and psychologists have found that men who kissed their spouses every morning missed less work due to illness, got in fewer car accidents, earned <laughs> more money, and lived about five years longer than those who did not kiss their spouses on the cheek on a daily basis. Five
0: years? Yes. Oh, you can buy an That's extra five years. Yeah. That's a long there stretch, though, to like, car if, accidents, to yeah, kissing.
2: What happens if you're not kissing your spouse? Oh, that's, oh, God, a good- Dave. <laughs> 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 that's
0: And all three of us leave the house at like ungodly hours in the morning. Yeah, and sometimes I'll, I'll give my wife a kiss and she'll be like, why'd you wake me up? And hey, I'm like, I right, Dave, you, you have so been there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm you, like, you, you deserve my sleep. They dodging they, swings at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they
0: wake up looking for a kitchen knife to stab you in the chest. They're like having a nightmare because you lovingly kissed them
2: goodbye. Yeah. That's now prolonging your life. All right. Second question.
3: Okay. Next question. According to a Japanese study, kissing alleviates physical pain, or allergies, or sadness. Dave.
2: Uh, for reasons that I've laid out <laughs> in the past, <laughs> sadness. Greg. Um, pain. Gord. I'm gonna go on the uh, the Dave train and go uh, sadness.
3: Oh, no, you're all wrong! No. It alleviates allergies. Really? Huh. People who kiss their partners for 30 minutes had significant relief from hives and plasma neurotrophin, which is a sign of an allergic reaction. Wow. Uh, researchers, believe, research, researchers believe this is because kissing can relieve stress, and stress can lead to allergies.
2: Good for the person for kissing an animal with that. hives. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah.
3: There you go. 30 minutes of kissing a day gets rid of your allergies. Huh. Okay. Third question, true or false? Most people lean to the left when they go in for a kiss. Greg.
0: Yes, that's true.
3: Gord. <laughs> Big I'm pressure doing, on you
0: that I was so
2: sure. Uh, yeah. I'm going yeah, to say true. Dave. No way, Jose. I'm going to say it's false. Going okay, to the Dave. right.
3: Dave's right. Whoa. The Journal of Scientific Reports found that most people Science. tilt their head to the right. When they go in to kiss
0: someone, well, are you think going in it. for the cheek or the lips? No, the what lips. What are you going in for? Like and a did kiss you get? So uh, to the right.
3: Think about it. Maybe yeah. he's tilting their head now.
0: But do the when the Europeans do that double kiss thing? My my friend's wife's Italian, and she constantly comes at me with the double. Oh yeah, and the then double if you get cheek, wrong, and I, I'm then trying to think which lips. one she does first. Yeah, yeah. I think she
3: did, she probably does the right if she's tilting her head to yeah. the right. She bit she...
0: my neck last time. Oh, <laughs> like okay. a mark. I looked like a Dracula victim. Okay.
3: Okay, with that being said, last question. <laughs> Lips are said to be 100 times more sensitive than what body part? <laughs> the, the soles of the feet, the fingertips, or the ears? Dave.
2: Soles of the feet, I think, because I step on Lego and I know that firsthand. <laughs> Gord. I'm going to go with... Uh... My choice wasn't on there. I'm going to go with ears. I, oh, right. Well, what was your choice? Uh, I don't
0: know. <laughs> oh, gosh. Worst pain, worst pain there is for a man.
3: <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Um, I'm Great. going ears also. I think when you get boxed a little bit, like in a in a sporting thing, like your ears can be – it gets painful to get hit in the ears by something. You I'm going ears.
3: Terrible today. You're all wrong. It's yes. fingertips. Oh, Lips are 100 times more sensitive than your fingertips.
2: i know. So your fingers are all calloused from working and things <laughs> like that. Yeah, <laughs> well, Dave, Dave's working difference. on
0: cars and, yeah. and exhaust manifolds and stuff <laughs> like that.
2: They get pretty disgusting kind of. That really, makes actually, zero yeah. sense. Yeah.
0: Sheba, I've documented before my, uh, it, it, this is like a PDA thing, because I, I constantly, I would never take video of them. But there's always couples at the gym that kiss in between sets at the gym. Oh,
3: so oh, really? annoying! I really don't
0: get it. I do not understand it.
3: That's re- I'm rolling my eyes. That's, yes, please.
0: Like I get if you if you finished a marathon or whatever, great. If you if you finished a leg press, that's like there's no reason to celebrate that those, with a lip also to lip those, kiss.
3: It's also those couples who declare their love for each other online. Happy anniversary, <laughs> babe. I love you so much, and you've changed my life in this this many ways. They're lying right beside you. Just turn over and tell them.
0: Yeah. Oh, you haven't spotted the social media trend of if I don't do it there, it's like it doesn't. It never happen. happened. Yes. Thank you true. for that couple of stories in the states we're watching on, um, and that is the potential for the Supreme Court to uh, officially repeal Roe v. Wade. That may happen later today. People are expecting it to happen uh, before the end of the week. And Joe Biden will go to Congress, the president of the United States, and ask that gas taxes be repealed at a federal and state level. Tell you more about what that means uh, before. The end of this particular half hour. Let me start here on the continued reaction because new information came in to the uh, passing of the father of these three beautiful kids lost in a car crash 7 years ago Edward Lake he died over the weekend the new information and i suppose there's two things that are layers of information here one is that um there was a reason i thought it was i wouldn't call it suspicious that's too strong a word but i thought it was um curious that police were the ones that released the uh news about Edward Lake's passing uh via suicide and it is because they've had to visit Edward Lake and uh, even used a, a taser to control him at one point in time. I, I don't cast aspersions and I don't pass judgment on things that I can't relate to. I do think people need to be accountable for their actions. That includes citizens. That includes police, obviously. And I do not you know, feel comfortable weighing in on whether the police did something right or wrong. And I'm not trying to be you know, subtle or, or snide about it. Far from it. I'll tell you, we were talking about the Halifax thing a little bit earlier. We were talking about Uvalde, Texas yesterday. I can weigh in. I see enough there to know that I have an opinion on those things. This one's entirely different because of the pain and circumstance and tragedy that Edward Lake went through. I'll never forget being in a high school classroom and, uh, and a student whose brother had been killed in a car accident um, he was in one of my uh, world religions. He was in a world religions class of mine. He was a grade 11. I was a grade 10. So I was stepping up and taking a uh, a grade 11 course. And all of a sudden, he's not there. His name was Pat. And all of a sudden, he's not there. And we had a few car accident deaths at our school, um, in the, in the late eighties, I felt like more than usual, but I'm sure that I lost at least two friends and at least four people that I could name you in car crashes. It was something you were always conscious of. And as my kids start to drive, I'm conscious of it, um, as well. But, um, I say that because his brother, his older brother was behind the wheel and was deemed responsible for the accident. And I remember once in an exam, he just freaked out. And exams will freak you out. There's no doubt about it. They're big days. He started to just cry, sob, laugh hysterically. The laughing mixed with the crying. And they had to take him out of the classroom. And all of us just looked at each other and we thought, even at 15 or 16, right? You're idiots when you're 15 or 16. I was. and uh, But you're, you've got the you know the temerity and the understanding to think, I don't know what he's going through. I can't possibly relate. And almost anything he would have done, he could have he could have thrown uh you know his car keys and and you know through a glass plate glass window and i would have almost understood it because he came back to school so fresh off that pain and that was his brother and edward lake lost 3 kids in a car crash 7 years ago and i'd make the distinction as well though i can't imagine the pain of losing one child let alone 3 i can't imagine the pain of losing one or 3 children under circumstances that would be considered selfish and reckless and uh, beyond uh, giving a consideration for people around you. We've talked a lot the last two and a half years about being conscious of who's around you, but I also think we've been conscious of the fact that we just can't stop living our lives at a certain point in time. I think we're conscious of that, I couldn't even talk about the pain that Edward Lake is feeling. So two things have happened there. One, there was police involvement with Edward Lake that I can't really get into judging. The second thing is the two hospitals that have received donations from the family of Marco Muzo, the drunk driver, convicted drunk driver who killed three kids and their grandfather in this crash about seven years ago, seven years ago, this coming Labor Day weekend or so, say they won't take the family's name down from the institution's. And I'm not going to kick and scream about that. If they had done so, I wouldn't say it's the wrong thing. The fact that they're not doesn't make it any more right or wrong. I don't think this is black and white, right and wrong, uh, cloudy and sunny. I don't think it is those things. Muzo's responsible for the deaths of these five people, including three children, due to drunk driving. But I don't know that we can punish the entire family name. If Larry Tannenbaum's some were Marco Muzo, I don't think we would say, well, you have to remove yourself from MLS&E. We, you, we can ever see you in public again. All you're going to do is remind us of this. I hate to say it, but that's circumstantial. It's circumstantial. We're not honoring the man. We're honoring the family's benevolence and their philanthropy. And I, I understand how it bothers some people, but I also think it's up to those institutions to make that particular call. And finding 100% agreement or 0% agreement on anything in this day and age is really difficult. Here's one thing I wanted to get to with regard to our drunk driving laws and a new case that you probably didn't even think about. But it's important to note... That Marco Muzo, when he pled guilty to this charge, A, he's hoping for um, a a lesser sense. Of course he is. But this was Jennifer Lake's reaction to the to the uh, guilty plea afterwards. And it gave her at the minimum some peace that that he didn't prolong the trial.
2: I was always afraid to call him
3: what he is, a drunk driver. But now I can say that and I don't have to be afraid to say that anymore.
1: A drunk driver killed my family and he admitted to it. And that, to me, I guess, maybe after I finish with my like shaky
3: crying bout, I will be able to feel some relief at that.
0: I remember this this Father's Day uh, crash, the Father's Day weekend a couple years ago, involving Brady Robertson. He killed a mother and three children as well. And I. Th- think about that the last few Father's Days. It does come into my head, even if it's briefly, even if you are you don't want to dwell on a, on a terrible tragedy. And even if, to quote Bono and Do They Know It's Christmas, you say, thank God it wasn't you, but it's still horrible and awful for the family involved. And I think about the lives taken away. I don't doubt there's guilt. I don't doubt there's remorse. What I'm not interested in and what I don't care about with Convictions and sentencing is worrying about the victimizer and not the victim. And I think we do that too much. The judge can have the most honorable of intentions and give a very stiff sentence. He gave Brady Robertson 17 years for that particular crash. He gave him 17 years. What I don't want to see is a parole board go, oh, you've been a good boy. You get to come out after six. Because that's in essence what flared up all the Muzo controversy was that he was out before 10 years. Yes, I would have liked to see him get a lot longer sentence than 10 years. But what makes me angrier is not fulfilling the entire 10 years. And I don't know whether money, influence, organization, um, the fact that he pled guilty, the fact that he's been a model citizen in prison and the fact that he doesn't plan to reoffend. Well, great. He didn't plan to offend in the first place. He was uh, blind faced, drunk, plowing through an intersection in an SUV. But this story I'd almost forgotten about. And here's the headline in the Toronto Star from the weekend, or rather from yesterday. Unlicensed 19-year-old drunk driver guilty in 170-kilometer per hour crash that killed Richmond Hill dad. I almost forgot about this. Payman Masumi Fard was 44 years of age. The transmission and engine of the drunk driver's car were flung 300 meters down the road. That's not a fender bender. That's not an error at a four-way stop. That's not even trying to make a pass on the 401 and try and get around somebody and you kind of sideswipe or t-bone another car. 300 meters, three football fields. The engine and transmission were thrown down the road. He's going 170 kilometers an hour and he's young and he's drunk and he has no driver's license. So what should we do here? We just seem to have these standards for drunk driving sentences that don't seem to meet what the public needs are. I get it. If you've got money and you've got a good lawyer. They'll try and reduce that sentence. They'll try and say that you won't reoffend. But where's the punitive factor here? Where is a mandatory minimum prison term? And Canada loves to brag about our drunk driving laws. We have long maximum prison sentences. That's great, but nobody ever gets the maximum. We have heavy maximum fines. Well, that's great also, but we never give those out. And what about prohibiting driving? If you've heard the phrase before, it's a privilege, not a right then act like it. We should probably be taking driver's licenses away for many, many other things. I thought about that with the St. Mike's case and that horrific story about um, about a, a, a student at St. Mike's being violated by other students and being videotaped. Okay, you don't want to send a 17-year-old to prison. Well, you and I might disagree on that. It might send a message that a fine in community service won't but take their damn driver's licenses away. I don't care that they weren't behind the wheel. If you were going to play this game, that it's a privilege, not a right. Take away those privileges from the privileged. Why not that? The other thing we can do also is drop our blood alcohol level down to 0.005 rather than 0.08. Do you know drunk driving laws are tougher in most U S States and they'll go by a 0.05 level, not a 0.08 level. Okay, I know there's zero tolerance for younger kids, but we've got to get closer to zero tolerance for everybody on the roads. I don't know that it stops all these tragedies, but it's a step in the right direction. Thanks for listening to Toronto Today. We'll be back with a live show tomorrow between 530 and 9 a.m. to kick off your morning on a less humid morning, for sure, as this heat kind of breaks this evening. And of course, you can find us on the Radio Player Canada app or go to 640toronto.com or in your car at a.m. 640. Thanks again for listening.